Hi there, Sam Sorbo here. So for the second part of my interview with C. Bradley Thompson, we're going to talk about our killing schools. What is causing all the massacres in our schools? He has some very strong thoughts upon this. And uh, wait till you hear it. It might just intrigue you. Hi, I'm Sam Sorbo. You've heard me talk about Mike Lindell, who I adore. You know, he's the inventor of my pillow and how that pillow has given me a good night's sleep that I need. In fact, I never knew how good I could sleep before I had my my pillow. Mike continues to roll out new offers on his products, and the latest one is on his towel sets. Towels aren't something you think about often. I never knew what I was missing until I tried the towels just last year. Now, you've all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company that it is today, and you've trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's now changing the game with his six-piece towel set. The set's made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, and yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailing for $109.99. But for a limited time, you can get this set for the low price of $39.99, and that's using promo code Sam Sorbo. So remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on other MyPillow products as well. So enter promo code Sam Sorbo, Sam Sorbo, or you can call 800-625-5983. That's 800-625-5983 for these great radio specials. All right. Welcome back to the Sam Sorbo show. I'm sitting here with C. Bradley Thompson. I'm so excited to talk to this individual. You have to check out his Substack, The Redneck Intellectual. When I saw the title, I'm like, oh, what's that? And I had to check it out. But he's also written this book, America's Revolutionary Mind, which is available at Amazon or anywhere fine books are sold. Um, and it talks about this revolution that happened in the minds of Americans right before the American Revolution. In other words, the American Revolutionary War would not have been fought if these individuals hadn't had this shift of mindset. And I believe that we are sitting on the precipice of another very big shift of mindset in this nation. And that's what gets me excited. So I, I talked about in the previous segment that we were going to talk about this piece that you wrote, Our Killing Schools, I have some very strong thoughts about why we see mass murders taking place at the most vulnerable places in our society by young people who have just basically are just emerging from having been um, uh, drowned in that say in those institutions. Right. So talk to us about that. So this is a very controversial uh, series of articles that I wrote. Um, and what I was trying to do in, in the essays was to give a kind of philosophic explanation for America's school shootings. So over the course of the last 23 years, there have been now a series of mass school shootings. And the question that nobody is asking is why are America's 15-year-old boys committing mass murder at school, right? Everybody on the left wants to talk about guns and on, on the right, they wanna talk about video games, but they're not asking the most important question, which is why are these boys, and they're usually around the average age is 14, 15, 16, why are they walking into their school and wanting to commit mass murder? And what I'm trying to suggest 
is that the boys they have reasons for targeting the school right they are they are they are they are destroying they are trying to destroy that which has given them the most suffering in their lives and so the question then becomes well what's going inside uh the four walls of america's america's schools and i think it comes down to a, a couple of really important uh factors the first is progressive education right and progressive education has been in in america's schools for over 100 years and it manifests itself in, in a series of different ways but let's just take one example the way in which children are taught to read or not read as the case may be and there are only two possible there are two ways to teach children how to read there's the, the only real way the only true way which is traditional phonics the english language is an, an alphabetic language it's a which means it's based on the 44 phonemes of the english language and as all children have to do is learn the 44 phonemes or sounds associated with each letter of the alphabet and you can a child can learn to read in just a few months the second method which is the one that is pushed by america's education schools and is now taught in most government schools is the so-called whole language or whole word approach and rather than learning the building blocks of the English language, namely the phonemes of the language, what they what this method does is it 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 has children memorize whole words. So starting in kindergarten and grade one, children are sent home every night with cue cards with whole words on them. And what they have to do is just look at the card, look at the word, memorize the word. If they can't memorize it, they should outline it with a pencil. Right. So in other words, what we are doing is we're converting the English language into uh, into hieroglyphics. Right. So children look at symbols. Now, think about it. Think about what this leads to. Think about an eight, nine or 10 year old boy in grades four five or six. And they haven't because the human mind is not capable of memorizing more than about 10 or 15,000 words, despite the fact that there are over a million words in the English language. What happens is these kids, they are overwhelmed once they get into fourth, fifth and sixth grades. Right. They're not simply learning how to read. They're they're learning. They're using their reading skills in all of their subjects, math, science, history literature and they're now being exposed to tens of thousands of words which they can't memorize and so consider what happens to let's say a nine-year-old boy who's asked to stand up in class um and and read in front of his classmates and the fact of the matter is he can't read and these these reading classrooms have these huge books on easels i mean and by huge i mean larger than my arm span and um and on the on the facing page of every page with words are are pictures and if a child can't read a word he's supposed to guess at the word relative to the picture and if he can't if he doesn't know the word relative to the picture then he should guess at the word based on its shape right this is pure insanity and so what we have is a generation of children particularly little boys who can't read and what happens to a little boy who can't read first he's humiliated humiliation turns into anger anger turns in resentment and then resentment turns into them acting out and what is america doing with its little boys who are acting out in class they're diagnosing them with add adhd and then what are they doing with boys with add they're putting them on on ritalin so we have a generation of young boys and almost all of the young boy these these teenage boys who have been involved in these shootings have been on ritalin 
right? And so you take these boys who can't read and then you thrust them into the Hobbesian world of America's high school that is nasty, poor, brutish, and short. And they simply can't function. And so therefore the school becomes the source of their resentment. Then the second major cause is that the schools from the time they enter kindergarten are teaching moral relativism and nihilism. The schools are telling children that there are no standards of right and wrong. It's That's only religious instruction. It's well, it's 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 a it's a, a new kind of religious instruction. But it moral. is religious instruction. It's moral instruction. Right. And so therefore it's religious in nature. It, it, in, in, a, in a sense, it, it is because the children are required to um, <clears throat> take their emotions on faith as as a legitimate view of reality. And so so what's happening is that each kid with with his own passions, his own emotions, those emotions then are encouraged by the teachers as being real, right? So there are there are in classrooms around the United States, there are mirrors, right? And children look at the mirror and above the mirror is a sign which says, you are now looking at the most important person in the whole world, right? So the, the so, and they're, in other words, they're, they are legitimizing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> some sometimes really bad and corrupt ideas, narcissistic uh, and, ideas, maybe. Nar and and then it transforms itself into a kind of narcissism, right? And then when that narcissism confronts the ugliness of America's high schools, it's not surprising, right? That plus, mind you, they're also being taught that they are accidents of nature, that there's really no purpose to life. Oh, because for sure. And that's that's part of the nihilist project. Right. Which yeah. is to say that that there is that there is no meaning. There is no purpose in life. And life is just emoting um, your passions. And boy, are they emoting with and guns. Precisely. Right. And, and so the insane thing. Now, what's really made and what brings everything full, full circle like, I, look, I, I'm, I want to make this very clear. I'm a very strong Second Amendment per person, very strong. However, there is something genuinely perverse about having guns in schools, right? Because guns, which guns mean force, and force is the antithesis of freedom and of the freedom that is required for the human mind, right? So I, I understand why why, for instance, teachers want to be able to protect themselves, and I want that too. Still, the optics of having guns in schools, and, and we're turning our schools virtually into prisons. Schools well, they are. They, they are, are because they, they have the metal detector on the way in. They've got the barbed wire. They've got the, I mean, they're painted to look like prisons. Like their prison pipelines is really what they are, especially in the inner cities. That's exactly right. And the doors lock behind you when you walk into class, right? I mean, it's it, it very much has the feel of a prison. So we we have created, we have manufactured um a prison-like system for America's government schools. But then on the other hand, they are government schools, and government schools are based by definition on force. So we shouldn't in the end be that surprised. Okay, that's huge. That's that's a that's a big idea. Is that 
because it's based on force, of course, we're going to see force used inside the school. That is the offset. That's the default. That's actually uh, quite a quite a correlation to draw there. It's good. I mean, it, it's the logical fulfillment of what the government schools are about. Right. In fact, so you know, we talked briefly that that the schools are actually doing what they were set out to do. And the idea that, and this is why you're not a reformer, right? You're not for reforming the schools. What I like to say is if you want to reform the schools, like you want to fight for the school board and change out the teachers, you're going to get the system that brought you here, (laughs) but you don't like where you are, but you're going to turn back the clock a little bit and hope that somehow you don't end up here again. Uh, And I think that that's ridiculous. But but adding into the, the context of all of that, this idea that because the system itself is a forced, is a coercive system, uh, it will end up with force. Uh, 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 that's sort of a natural. Uh, that's interesting. I've been I've been talking to people about the Second Amendment. I'm very pro Second Amendment also. And I know that we're fighting, you know, we're fighting in the halls of Congress or whatever. We're fighting in, in the you know debates on TV and stuff. We've already lost. Because. If you're a if you're a first grader or a kindergartner and you bite your pop tart into the shape of a gun, you're suspended. Or if you bring in a gun, a little toy gun, or if you make your your fingers into the shape of a gun, you're suspended. And that's not actually the child that's being punished, although children will receive that as a punishment. That's the parents that are being punished. So the parents are now in the business of teaching their children. Don't you ever touch a gun? Don't you ever pick up a gun? Guns are bad. From a very young age. You want gun control? That's the way to accomplish it. That's that's one way to accomplish it. To to accomplish it, yes. But just have to be before, patient. But you know, Sam, before we finish, I yeah, think we, we absolutely need to talk about the bright side of things, right? Yes, please. The future, right? So you have a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're. I'll go very fast. We're we're living at an, a very important time in history. I've never been so optimistic. Um, in my life about any political issue, as I am right now about education. Um, At my other website called edwatchdaily.com, our motto is hashtag just walk away. We're trying to lead a revolution of ordinary everyday Americans to just walk away from the government schools. And the fact of the matter is it's happening. In the last three years, over a million families have taken their kids out of the government schools and are now homeschooling them or have put them in private schools or charter schools. This is the beginning, I think, of a, of a, of a revolution. And, 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 but the real, at the heart of the revolution is homeschooling. And the leaders of the revolution are America's homeschooling mothers who are doing, I mean, who are really leading the way in, in, in really radically changing America for the better. And so I tip my hat. Um, and, and I tip my hat to all of the mothers who have been going to these school board meetings for the last two years and, and raising hell against critical race theory and critical gender theory. So there is reason to be optimistic and hopeful. And eventually we are going to we are going to lead a movement that is going to abolish the government schools and take us to a true free market system of education. Yeah, I I heartily agree. And I'm so glad that you are helping in this fight. I've been uh, working to get people out of the schools for quite a while. And now it's come down to this. I'll just uh, because I (laughs) want. Because I want to talk to you more. I want to, I want to further this conversation. The way that school is a, 
what school accomplishes is the opposite of education. School teaches don't ask, don't try, don't think. That's what our that's what our quote unquote education system teaches. And it's the opposite of education. And the more people that leave the system and start to discover what actual education is, and they 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 take a step back from all the, you know, design curricula and all of the um the shackles that the school puts on learning, and they free their minds, they free their children's minds, and they they embrace creativity and open up the 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 bigger the the faster the better the revolution and i do think that we're sitting on a precipice i want to thank you so much for joining me all the uh links are in the bios here and online so you can go find all of that see bradley thompson thank you so much for joining me sam thank you so much